Well, the haters gonna hate, 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 and the fakers gonna fake, 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 baby. I'm just gonna make, 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 making luck, making luck. A Dominion podcast. Welcome to Making Luck, a Dominion podcast. My name is Not Wandering Winter. Joining me on the line, all the way from Cincinnati, Ohio, which isn't an all the way if you're in Cincinnati, Ohio. It's Adam Horton. What's going on, Adam? Hey, uh, how you doing, bro? I'm doing all right. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. Uh, the boy only got up one time last night. Now, Woo! granted, it was for two and a half hours, Uh-oh. but we're making progress on that sleep regression. Is that is that oh, like man. not worse than getting up three times over a two and a half hour period, but sleeping in between? Uh. I really, I really don't know. Both of them are pretty terrible. Is that too much thinking for someone who's lost two and a half hours of sleep last night? Uh, It's, uh, I I miss sleep. I had some, I actually had like one day this weekend that I got some good sleep and that was cool, but. It'll return eventually. Man, I sure hope so. I'd really like to think this is progress, but. Look, uh, in 18 years, he'll be out of the house and you can sleep again. In 18 years, he'll be old enough to possibly be out of the house. <laughs> no, anyway. You be able to uh, then. But yes, this is a Dominion yeah, podcast. Right. Yeah, so uh, episodes a day late, uh, and you know Jake's not on the episode, and yes, the two of those are correlated. Uh, Jake's hashtag been super busy at work. Yeah, hashtag blame Jake. This is really Jake's fault. I was ready to go yesterday. I had my thing outlined. We were going to bicker about Ambassador. And Jake was like, I'm going to put my career and my job before a podcast about a card game that I don't get paid for. And I was like, well, I have to respect that. You know, and so I did. This is like the second time that you've said that he doesn't get paid for it. But uh, didn't you give him 55 cents once? Uh, yes, I did. And that was from ad revenue related to the podcast. And we haven't gotten any of that for over a year. Right. So, but. He did get paid once for it. 55 That's true. cents. That's true. And, and you know, and I what mean, better that's, number of cents could he have been paid for it? Really? Yeah, I rounded up to the nearest 55. It I was less did. than that, but I wanted I, to pay him 55 cents. Yeah. But but anyway, uh he uh he, he's uh he's doing some responsible things. He's being and, an adult. Uh, here yeah, he's adulting. Uh, but uh, on short notice, Wandering Winter is a bro, and uh, we could record a podcast tonight, Tuesday, which is normally the night uh, I publish the podcast. So the podcast is day late. It was either that or a mini-sode, and uh, we could do some real content without going into the backlog. So uh, here we are. So I, I want to thank you, uh, Wandering Winter, for like you know being here on the podcast and uh, you know putting this together. Well, you're welcome, and I want to thank you for hating all my minisodes so that you want to record more with me. Uh, I don't hate your minisodes. <laughs> I never said that. I actually like them. I wouldn't have, like, edited them and then, like, have them ready to publish if I didn't like them. Oh. There was there was one that I liked less, and we talked about it, and then there were, like, three that you didn't like if we're oh. not publishing those either. <laughs> Look, okay, those were objectively bad. <laughs> 
I don't know. I thought one of them was pretty good, but I, I guess you remade it and you're happier with it. And that's really the important thing that we have agency over our content and that we're happy with what we put out and proud of it. And that's why we've been able to keep making luck a Dominion podcast going for over a year with consistent original content every single week for you, the listener. And I hope you enjoy it. Speaking of consistent original content, uh, I wanted to plug this one more time in this episode. Uh, we want to do a Q&A episode, and uh, we've gotten some response uh, based on plugging this last episode. And uh, the response has been really good, and there's definitely enough to do an episode. And so after we're done with this, we're going to start doing that. Can't promise next week is going to be the Q&A episode. Hashtag um, Blame Jake. Wanna... Hashtag Blame Jake. More, more along the lines of... Uh, we want to make this like episode 55, which is one of the more popular episodes. Right. And uh, that took a lot of extra work. And I don't know if we're going to have something that we're going to be happy with by next week. Right. But so uh, it's coming, but maybe just not soon, not right. like next step. But it's more fun to say hashtag blame Jake. Hashtag blame Jake. Uh, I feel like that's really the theme of this entire <laughs> episode. And we're going to, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna get there when we talk about this kingdom Speaking that we did of last hashtag time. Blame Jake. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that bad boy. Uh, you want to read the cards? You want me to do it? I'll do it. So the right. cards in this kingdom: are Courtyard, Hamlet, Scrying Fool, Harbinger, Oasis, Golem, Miser, Taxman, Rabble, and Hunting Grounds. With the event Lost Arts. And a landmark wall. And of course, because Scrying Pool and Golem are in the kingdom, there's also potions, so watch mm, out for that. Just potion. Yeah. Anyway, once more, for our audio-only listeners, that's Courtyard, Hamlet, Scrying Pool, Harbinger, Oasis, Golem, Miser, Taxman, Rabble, Hunting Grounds, with the sidewaysy things, Lost Arts, and Wall. Uh, so in the spirit of hashtag blame Jake, hashtag blame Jake. Uh, I want to preface this by saying that um, the things that I'm going to say and the things I think you're, some of the things I think you're going to say, uh-huh. I know Jake disagrees with them. And I, I just want to, I just want to put that out there. And I think we're going to be giving Jake the opportunity next episode to come back and, and say uh, some wrong things? give his side of the story. Yeah. So say some wrong uh, things. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you there. On the other hand, I'm just going to put out there that that Jake thinks the scrying pool deck that he advocated last episode is good. And I might be willing, if I'm going to be as generous as I can, I might be willing to say that it's not so bad that you can't win games with it. I think you can win games with it. On the other hand, I think putting Lost Arts on Rabble and using that for card draw is uh, stronger in general. Uh, not only because it's a better source of draw, but also because you kind of have to put less cards in your deck. I found that uh, you got dinged more by wall if you went for that Scrying Pool deck. Yeah. Uh, just because you ended up adding more Hamlets and more Misers to the deck and having more copies of Scrying Pool for draw. So you have that action density. That's true. Although I will also say that the one time that you played the Scrying Pool deck against me, I also felt compelled to add more cards to my deck. Um, because you were going for that as opposed to more of a mirror. Um, I think is it was still, that because of... I think it was still less extra cards than you put in your deck because you were playing that deck. It was. It was. And, and the reason I couldn't really tie important. or win is because of that. Yeah. yeah. 
but why why did you put uh, feel more compelled to put more cards? Is it because of Scrying Pool's attack, or was it something else? Uh, no, it was just like I I built bigger because you were building bigger, and I could like the rabbles didn't run out because you weren't contesting them, so I got to be more reliable. Right. And you were slow. Like I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe it wasn't even great because like I could have maybe greened earlier but lesser. The attack has something to do with it. Like, I got a second Hamlet because I was somewhat, maybe also my draws, because, like, I wanted to have a courtyard so I could set up a rabble on top of my deck. Like, the game just went a little bit longer because it wasn't being mirrored. I don't know exactly. Sure, that makes sense. The Scrying Pool deck can... uh, So, to describe the build a little more in detail, uh, you shove a bunch of Scrying Pools in the deck. Uh, You do get Miser to put Coppers on the mat. And at some point, you put Lost Arts on Miser, and you get a buttload of Misers. You can get, like, four, five, six, like, a lot of Misers, and these things are making $7 each. Uh, You put some Hamlets in the deck. You probably, I mean, you open with the Courtyard, so you have that going on. You draw your deck, and you can, like, you can get three, four, sometimes even five provinces in one turn. Once you get Lost Arts on Miser and get those Coppers on the mat, the deck explodes very quickly in Payload. Right. You just have to not be too far behind by then. Right. And Which you know that's kinda hard to do. And and also in particular <laughs> yeah. also in particular, um, it's harder to come back from being down like on provinces because wall is there, right? It takes a lot more duchies yeah. to equal out a province. I remember. Deficit. Yeah, it, it was uh, one of the Pembridge games where I was playing Scrying Pool. <laughs> yes, Pepperidge Farm. In, in fact, uh, hashtag, hashtag never forget. Uh, ha- never forget Pepperidge Farm. Never forget Harambe. Uh, neither one of them did anything wrong. Uh, but, but as I was saying, um, I've, I forgot what I was saying. I guess it wasn't that important. Well, we were talking. Oh, about... I was playing the Scrying Pool deck yeah. against you, and right. uh, I was doing the math on like what does it take to come back, and like right. normally it would take like maybe one or three duchies and now it's like six duchies and that's so many duchies (laughs) right that's a lot of duchies and it's really painful for a deck like scrying pool whose draw can really fall apart if you had too much green to the deck right so another thing is uh, the deck i advocated for uh, you know, it did want to put Lost Arts on Rabble as the source of draw. However, I advocated for opening with a miser. Yeah. And um, thinning those coppers. And uh, you did not right. build that way. I, I built pretty similar to your deck, except I, instead of a miser, went with a taxman. And basically the idea behind that was... Um, so that's going to be my econ, much like Miser's going to be your econ in the long run. But I thought with Taxman, as compared to Miser, I'm going to have better kind of early turns payload-wise because A, I'm attacking you, so that makes it harder for you to hit your 5 and your 6 that you want for your Ravels and your Lost Arts. And B, when you play Miser and set something aside, that hurts your money. Um, I guess when I play Taxman and and do something that also hurts my money, but I recoup that more immediately than you do Mm. a little bit. So um, I think that theory kind of bore out in the games we played. I won every game that we played, 
and yeah, that was like all of it two felt games. pretty convincing too. It was like all of two games. So hashtag math doesn't. Yeah, lie. <laughs> yeah, but I was just I was on the other end of that, and it felt to me uh, it felt pretty convincing to me. Like I feel comfortable saying that if we're both going for lost arts on Rabble, uh, the taxman opening will beat the ever loving crap out of a miser opening. Okay, well you f- you seem more confident uh, like about time. that than me because I think yeah. I think the Taxman is better, but I don't think it's like ever-loving crap better. I think it's like, yeah, it's going to win more often than it loses. Maybe the, 60, the, 40, the 70, matchup. 30. I think the matchup is particularly good. Like I, the the I, Taxman I attack really craps on the weakness of that miser deck, and it makes it so much more yeah. difficult to build. And then by the time you get up there, there's not really enough rabbles for you to have that source of draw. And of course, you could be going for hunting grounds, but man, that's just even more difficult to build. Yeah, I'm not... I, I, hunting grounds was an interesting thing. And I guess we should also note, you're getting a hamlet or two, mostly just for the plus buy. Um, mm. The second one, I sometimes would use for plus action, even though I had the thing on Lost Arts just so that I could tax man and then redraw the treasure mm-hmm. in the same turn. Sometimes I got a courtyard so that I could seed a rabble on top of my deck for the next turn, but like, that was usually just depending on if I ended up having too small amount of, an, of money again, and I already had as many hamlets as I want. It's like, yeah, I get a courtyard. Um, I got a harbinger once. I don't know about that. that. really weird to me. Courtyard is probably better <laughs> um, yeah i just don't think so, harbinger does enough to justify the minus one vp you get from wall the, the really idea ever behind, but especially here the idea behind the harbinger was like you're gonna discard a bunch of my stuff with your rabbles and so then i can harbinger a, a rabble back on top of my deck and that kind of worked once or twice but i don't know that it was very impactful like uh, sure. The question of whether it's worth the wall VP or not, I don't know. If there were no well, walls that's just... here, then, like, yeah, I would get it over nothing for sure. But there is walls. I'd be getting so... Hamlet over nothing too. Well, yeah, exactly. And I, I and there were times where I got nothing because I'm like, Man, I don't think this oh, yeah. is worth a negative VP. For sure. Uh, well, in any case, uh, I mean, this this is what we found, right, uh, from, from the games we played. And right. I know Jake is going to have some stuff to say about it the next time he gets on the podcast. Right, Jake uh, is wrong. So I don't – and, you know, I am I fall on the wandering window side here, but I also want to give chance the, the chance to Jake to, number one, play a couple more games with the kingdom. I know he's been pretty busy and, uh, you know, he hasn't played as many games – but also, like, I want to at least let him have the opportunity to to say what he wants to say, however right or wrong we think that might be. Right. I mean, here on this podcast, we're not pretending to be all-knowing oracles of Dominion strategy. I mean, I didn't even read the, the kingdom very well because I, right. I feel like Miser in the opening, uh, assuming the Scrying Pool deck is bad, then going for Miser – this is a great illustration of, of why the trashing is just so bad that you can skip it and go for some other thing that doesn't actually thin your deck. Right. You know? And and, and so I, I didn't get that right. I don't think any of us are beacons of uh, absolute knowledge. So, you know, I'll always keep that in mind. Anyway, and go we ahead. we don't have to pretend because we are all knowing oracles of Dominion knowledge. <laughs> just That's just you, Wandering Wonder. Not hashtag always serious. Hashtag never sarcastic. Oh, I get it. You're 
You're funny. I like you wandering. If you like me Great. so much. Great, so you have anything else? To... <laughs> oh, oh, where are we going with this? Eh? This week's episode, we're going to be talking about wedding and skull. Ah. Nice. For our main uh, segment yeah, so called we're, uh... The Main Segment. Yeah. Uh, do you want to you wanna read some card text for me? No. Or you want me to do it? I, I want okay, you to do well, it. Okay, well, I'm going to do it. So uh, first, I'm going to read the text of wedding. Uh, it's a... Uh, it's an event. Uh, it's from the Empire's expansion. It costs four money and three debt. And it says plus one VP token and gain a gold. And that's it. And uh, there's there's also Skulk. And I just wanted to point out that the, uh, the theme of this episode is uh, really we just wanted to do like a judgment match. Judgment and, match! And tell you... And tell you which one of these cards is stronger in every single situation. So at the end of this episode, uh, you're going to know which one of these two things is stronger. Right. And then in every single game that has them both, you will know which one to get every single time. You just right. get that one, you completely ignore the other one. And that's right. how it works. Yeah. And also the real theme of the episode is things that cost you four money Ish. and give you a gold. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Right. So because let's talk about wedding. Skulk, which you haven't read yet. <laughs> Is oh yeah, is an action attack doom. It costs four. It's from as you might guess from the doom part of it, the Nocturne expansion, and it reads something that I should have pulled up before now. Uh, it says plus one buy. Each yeah. other player receives the next hex. Right, and then it says when you gain this, gain a gold. Okay, great. I knew what it did, but I couldn't remember what order the things were in. Yeah, life is hard, man. It is. So <laughs> let's talk about wedding. How about that? You know what? I just realized without Jake here, we can go off on some really amazing tangents. Oh, well, even when Jake's here, we can go off on some really amazing tangents. But Whoa! Well, okay. next time on Making Luck, a Dominion podcast. So wedding, uh, I think this is better than buying gold. Uh, I think it's different than buying gold. Well, yeah, but I think it's overall like better. It's I'm pretty hard pressed to like come up with situations where I would rather just buy a gold than get a wedding. I don't feel like I'm as hard pressed, so maybe we'll have some interesting disagreement and discussion. I remember um, reading over your outline that seemed like the main point of contention, so I thought I'd just get it out there. Yeah. So, uh. <laughs> I, I want to make a weird tangential note since Jake's not here. And that's, yeah. um, it says plus one VP token, and then it says gain a gold. And those things aren't tied to each other. So if the golds are gone, you can still buy a wedding and get extra VP. It's unlimited. It's like the worst form yeah. of unlimited VP in the game. Um, I think. Yeah, you can get infinite VP tokens by just getting weddings over and over over and over again but right. like there there are some issues with this right first, first of all and most importantly the Costs thematic implications of oh. that are yeah, really inappropriate oh <laughs> right well the thematic implications of that would be that would would also then apply that you really shouldn't get wedding more than once in a game yes and i would uh i would tend maybe to if you trash with your those thematic gold. implications maybe if you trash the gold you got from it the first time Wow. Well, not like if you trashed it, That's but maybe harsh. if your opponent forced you forced it to be trashed. 
Oh, wow, that's tragic. So, like, your opponents, like, murdered your spouse? Then you could, after oh, wow. some appropriate period of grieving, get another wedding? Wow. Leave so a comment I thought in, in the comments. Will, when... <laughs> <laughs> I thought in, yeah, that's... This is going to a pretty dark place, but yeah, it's, going it's, to really, a very it's dark really expensive. Place. Yeah. Like, I can buy a card called Monument, and I can, yeah. like, play that card and right. get a VP token, and then right. make money. And, like, that's... that's also, better than getting wedding for just the VP, but also, that's still pretty bad. Also, you get a gold when you get a wedding, and after you've gotten a few of those, you're going to have a lot of golds in your deck. You know what golds yeah. are good for? Trashing! To recruiter! I mean, that's true, but they're also good for other things, like buying provinces! Ooh, I love provinces. Anyway, uh... You want to get into our main point of contention? <laughs> so, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to... Weird, I, w- I want to make the comparison. Out of the way. I, I feel like a wedding is very similar to gold. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, a lot of times gold is best when you don't have to spend six and a buy on it. So, like, if something gains you gold, uh, obviously that's an easier way to get it. But in terms of buying gold, yeah. um, I mean, you have to spend some money and a buy on getting the wedding. And so the comparison there is, you know, if you would be buying a gold, you could now consider getting a wedding. And I think obviously the two of those are very close. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're pretty close in most situations. And then there's some situations where they're very far apart. Very far apart. Yeah. Like at the end of the game, well, the, the biggest situation where they're very far apart is where you have, four or five money and you can't do one of them legally sure uh that's the the one you can't do legally that would be buying a gold right 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 because you can if you have four or five money you could buy a wedding but you can't buy a gold because that's well unless you've done some cost reduction shenanigans um, right. Edge and, case with and wandering cost reduction winter. shenanigans is um, uh, a reason why buying a gold might be better than buying a wedding because cost reduction doesn't reduce the cost of events. At least, no cost reduction uh, yeah. has yes yet been printed. Hashtag I have no inside information. Hashtag I'm not a playtester. Um, Hashtag no comment. <laughs> but I mean, th- there are situations where you could actually get both of them. Uh, yeah, I have six or seven on my turn, and I, I mean, obviously, if I have seven or more, and I'm going to get the gold, get the you should... wedding, you get a free VP token, right? Do that. Yeah. Uh, so, so really, the the crunchy one here is if I have six. Right, right. now, I'm looking at the choice of having a debt token and also having a VP token. Right. So, this and is... I would say, in the abstract, that's worth it, right? Well, in the abstract, if you're asking me. If you could pay a, a debt token for a VP token, would that be a powerful ability to have? I would say that's an incredibly powerful ability to have, and if I can do it a million times, I'm going to be very happy. Yeah. The problem is, it's a little more complicated when it comes to wedding, right? No way, man. <laughs> you, you can't do wedding a million times. Um, to get back to the thematic, you know, it doesn't work. Yeah, that- Right. I mean, there's there are laws against polygamy in I think almost every state in the United States I, I and I'm a sure lot of other countries. So, but um, even even without yeah. that, like you know, 
you know, even if like realistically your spouse is also not going to die a million times. So that's not going to work either. Uh, that seems really unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause you're not going to live long enough to have that happen. Um, it seems really unlikely. Yeah. Hashtag biology. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty I'm much really going crazy with the hashtag tonight. Anyway, my point is, uh, with wedding, it's a little bit trickier because the one debt, uh, it kind of depends on what point in the game you're at. Like in the abstract, sure. A point for a debt is good, but there's some specific situations where it's not good. Like, it really depends on does the point matter, right? Or how much does the point uh, matter? And how much? Right. Does I de- think also it's... how much does the debt matter? Right. I think if either one of those is going to be a huge deal, then uh, that's going to be the deciding factor more than this abstract thing that never comes up in real games of Dominion. Right. Exactly. So I think that in practice, well, it depends on. I mean, there's, there's the third issue is there. I think there's a lot of situations where buying a gold would be better than buying a wedding when you have exactly six, but it also needs to be better than buying anything else. And I think that <laughs> limits your your area of opportunity a lot more, right? Uh, sure. I I think in a lot of cases when I have six and I'm thinking about gold, I'm usually thinking about a lot of things. Uh, there are a lot of fibers that I would prefer to spend my money in a buy on, right? Or maybe another six cost. cost card in the kingdom, yep. or like a duchy or something, <laughs> right? <laughs> These are all things that you you have to really think about. And like, do I find myself spending six and a buy to buy a gold very often? Well, no, I don't right. think I do that in fifty five percent of my games, right? Um, so I think that's that's the really you know, kind of disqualifying factor for, for getting wedding in this situation is like the gold itself probably wasn't worth it. And the wedding's probably also still not worth it. Um, but let's say you were thinking about, well, if wedding weren't here, I would be buying a gold for sure. Right. Then you have to think about, okay, well, I mean, if you have seven, you just get the wedding like duh. Right. Um, but let's say you have six, right. So, so the question is then, is the one debt on my next turn that's going to at least potentially affect what I can buy my next turn, right? Mm-hmm. And if I'm getting so, a gold now, yep. then I would assume that my next turn, say, at least gold is probably better than any five that I could get on my next turn. Otherwise, I'd probably be getting that five right now, right? I mean, there's going to be yeah, exceptions, sure. but usually, right? Like, if yeah. I wanted the five, I get it now. So, at least if on your next turn you hit six, you're going to be at least a little bit sad that you can't get a gold again because you got the wedding the last turn and you have to get a five this turn or a wedding with two debt, right? Uh, y- yes. I mean, in this situation, when we decided that that was bad, then yes, right. that's bad. Right. And maybe there's some other price point consideration. So I, th- I think a lot depends on like how big the gaps are between price points, I guess is my big thing. Uh, the biggest gap between price points probably being if I end up hitting exactly eight next turn and I have a debt, then I'm going to yes. be real sad that I have this wedding. Right. This and, one and I think of being I think... able to get a, a province. I think the the very I mean it's a very illustrative example when I just want provinces. 
Um, a lot of the times when I want provinces and I'm considering putting a gold in my, my deck is uh, if my if I've decided the way I win the game is by emptying the provinces. Right. And however many points I have, well, I'm going to have a lot from emptying the provinces. And, and usually I need to empty the provinces before my opponent can get whatever they're doing to happen and outscore anything I can do. So in this case, the VP token is very unimportant. And the debt could potentially be important. So I think this is one of the, the two main cases that I had come up with for I would rather just buy the gold. I don't want the wedding here if I have exactly six. Yeah, so I, I think the, the big kind of thing there is um, if the debt is going to cause you to swing um, like a province relative to your opponent... Like if it's gonna make it go from four to four to five three in either direction, or from five three to four four, you know that kind of a split, then the debt's definitely yeah. not worth it. And for sure, when the point is really important, is when you're gonna be even otherwise, right? Hmm. Then the point is yeah. super good because one point, and and here's where it also kind of gets compared to Dutchy, right? Because one point, if you were gonna be tied otherwise, one point is as good as three. Sure. Um, it's hard now, to know that you're going to be tied otherwise. That's but, the hey, tricky if you, part. If you have right? some way of, of saying that, that this is likely, and then, then yeah, by all means, uh, go for that VP token. Right. So more realistically, it's, it's going to break the tie now, and then maybe it sends you into a duchy dance. And then in the duchy dance, having a gold is better than having the duchy? So maybe. I, I think... I mean, you're 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 kind of you're talking about a money density paradigm. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I can see, I can see where this kind of thing is is something you would consider. It's like, oh, I'm going to shuffle this card in my deck. What right. would I rather shuffle in, right. a duchy or a gold? Well, the points seem just as good for me right now. And right. yes, that seems like a situation that can happen. Uh, it's still hard for me to to say that you are certain that the debt isn't going to make a difference, and also that the VP token is going to make a difference because, like. A lot can still happen, and cards are going to be shuffled. Right. I think uh, something I had in mind that really yes. comes into play in that money density paradigm when you're like about at the edge of starting to province, but you'd really like to get a couple more golds first, or like a gold or two more first, something like that. At that point, I'm like, I'm all about the wedding over the gold because like the extra point or two is probably going to pad me as I start to position for the end game. Um, if I'm not quite at the point where I want to buy province yet, and if the debt is unlikely to hurt me too much. But anyway, go ahead. So uh, here's a quick question for yeah. you. Would you even consider Seven. a wedding on eight or more? Oh, I've definitely done that before. For sure. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and, and it sounded reasonable in this kind of situation in money density before you province, right? And right. and that's certainly an, another use case for wedding. But right. that does fall under, I want a gold here, and I also have seven or more. Right. But, but yes, uh, it's basically certainly a get over a problem. Like, do I really want to province this early? My deck's not very good yet. The gold might be better. It's kind of close, maybe, because money density, it's really hard to like say that gold is better than province very often. Oh, well, wedding is like a little bit of a compromise, so I'm going to go for that. But I would have been strongly yeah. considering the gold anyway, right? Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. For sure, yeah. Yeah. So so there's another situation where, like, you're drawing a lot. Let's say you're drawing your deck. Right. And, 
and uh, you're, you're deciding cards to add to your deck, you want to add some more payload, and you've decided that getting golds is the best way to do that. I, I mean, that's not the, the most ideal situation, but it does come up sure. where I'm drawing my deck, and golds are my choice of payload. Right. And so now I have this choice between gold and wedding. And, uh, there, you know, you might be getting multiple buys on your turn. Uh, you might be planning multiple turns ahead. And I think with wedding, it's, uh, it's important that you plan out multiple turns ahead Absolutely. because uh, not only can you have a more discreet idea of that debt's effect on your next turn and potentially the turn after that. Right. But, uh, you know, the cost, uh, gives you a little flexibility. Like I can get this gold for four by getting a wedding, take some debt on and maybe pay it off next turn. And after the debt is all paid off, I look at my debt composition and I decide, okay, did this hurt me? And if it didn't hurt me, then sure, go for it. But man, if it does hurt you at all, then it's really hard to justify taking on that extra debt. Absolutely. Because uh, it's it's very easy for me to see that leading to a swing of more than just one VP. Maybe not a province, but oh crap, I lose the game on a pile. Or a duchy like split or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, really I think anything if, because it's all worth more than one VP. Yeah, if if you're drawing your deck though, like you say, you can kind of just do the calculation. Okay, here's how money, much money I'm going to have this turn. I'm going to buy these things and draw my deck again. Here's how money I'm much money I'm going to have next turn. Does the debt that I'm taking on hurt me after the end of at the end of when that debt is paid off? You know, is my option worse than if I would get you know the uh, the gold without the debt, or if I would get Let's say if you have four, there's at least silver as an option, right? You could get the silver without the debt. Right, yeah. Um, and that's right. actually... And, the... and so it can be a little it can be a little far-fetched to also compare it to what if I got the silver and didn't take any debt. The, the, there are situations where, I mean, I would even prefer the silver in some cases, right? I th- I, no, I think very often because three debt, like the gold didn't actually help you if you're taking on three debt, right? economically wise didn't help you that turn it'll help you the turn after that but um that's kind of a hard sell in that kind of a deck but i think comparing to silver is is the other big comparison for so we've been talking mostly about when you have like six and it's do i get gold or do i get wedding but i think when you have four and you get you know do i get wedding or do i get silver or usually often there's another card right still but that's very board dependent um but like silver versus wedding is a very relevant thing, also, right? Right. Yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to take on three debt just to get a VP token if that th- if that silver is never or if that if that gold is never going to pay that three debt off over the silver. And and really, I mean, you you have to extend these calculations until all of your wedding debt is paid off, right? Uh, if I if I decide at the end of next turn the three dead I took on this turn is paid off and so I need to do no more calculation. Uh, well, I don't. I don't well, but you presumably <laughs> yeah. So the issue there is is I mean that you could do that, but um, the problem is at that point you've probably gotten a worse card because you had to pay off three debt, right? And so, or maybe you just got a wedding because you wanted another gold, and you're just taking on okay. even more debt, right? Yeah, but then I have three extra debt going into the next turn, which you're carrying forward, which is, I guess, your point. But right, um, yes, uh, yeah. But I, I so I think um, you have to figure out like, is the card quality drop um, from going to 
from Silver to Wedding. The, the card quality drop in my next turn that I'm going to get from having three debt, is that worth the upside of going from Silver to Wedding? Yeah. Right? So, like, I get a gold that's better than a Silver. That's quad card quality increase. But then I'm going to get a card quality decrease on my next turn. And I think very importantly, um, the benefit, the card quality increase from silver to gold, the only improvement that gets you most of the time, sometimes there's cards that specifically need gold or silver. There's some weird exceptions. But most of the time, it just gets you more purchasing power. And you're directly hurting your purchasing power more more than by that one amount the next turn if you're taking on you know more than one deck um yeah and i think if you get hurt in any way by this then uh i mean the vp token is just not worth it in compensation right i think it's very rare for me to care so much about that vp token that i'm willing to do this right it's it's really about knowing what price points you're gonna have the next turn and being able to say the difference in card quality i'm gonna it's going to be cost to me by the three debt is less than the difference in card quality from silver to gold, which mostly happens Mm. exactly on turn one because you know exactly Uh, what your next hand is. If you have a four, three, then you can open wedding and pay the debt. And then now I have a gold instead of two silvers. And I also have an extra VP, right? Let's say. Yeah. So I think silver, silver. Yeah. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, well, I, I was just going to say that thematically, I think the comparison here is marrying your high school sweetheart, right? Um, I no comment. Yeah, like I'm going to get married. I mean, time is measured in shuffles, right? And so it, the early turns of the game okay. represent the earlier times of your life, right? And so if I'm going to get okay. married right away, uh, that's kind of like marrying my high school sweetheart. But yeah, in any case, uh, this okay. gets you. I I'm think, not sure where you're going I with that. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, remember if you ignore theme, you're just going to lose games. One okay, right. Please try and never forget that. But but I think you are going to end up with a better money density here, right? I mean, if I open, if I have a four three or a five two, and I decide that I'm going to open wedding, or yeah. or I can compare it to double silver on the four right. three. Yeah, I put one gold in my deck versus two silvers. My money density is higher. Yes. Well, no. But it will be very soon. Well, well okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's actually lower on turns three and four, but it will be higher very shortly after that. Right. And once my money density goes above $1, one. per card, yeah. then then yes, it is higher. And that, that really is the goal. And, and so you're, you're thinking about that long-term benefit. And also, like, having a gold in your deck... Um, I think it increases the chances that you hit six on turns three. It does. Or four. Yeah. So it, if there's it, a, it another six or you, you care hit about. Five slightly. It, it increases the chance you hit five. six significantly. Five once at least slightly. Obviously, yeah. it decreases the chance that you hit five twice. Yeah. Um, but not by a lot. Yeah, so I would say that uh, I would consider uh, going for wedding on turn one. Let's say I had a 4-3. I would consider doing that when what I cared about was uh, a 5 or a $6 card, like a, a single copy of a 5 or a $6 card. And I cared about that a lot more than putting a 4 or a 3 in my deck. 
Right. Uh, and then if I had a 5-2, this seems really narrow because you can just buy the fiver, right? So but this seems exactly, like I want another $6. Like dollars. no fivers that are worth anything, but there's yeah. six. So like, yeah, so I would consider wedding opening in these cases when the, the, the card quality is such that I really care about this price point right. and the wedding is going to help me hit that sacrificing being able to hit the lower price points. Right. But I mean, also the, the point, there's another point in favor of gold in that depending on what deck you're going to be building, gold is better than two silvers because it's fewer cards. So you're going to shuffle faster. Mm. It's one stop card instead of two, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, so like, yes, gold is usually kind of significantly better than two silvers and exactly in the opening, you can know that you're going to be able to pay the debt off. And maybe if you know the exact remainder of your shuffle, because you've been tracking really well and like there's exactly five cards left, there's going to be other situations that are very similar, but that's pretty rare to have come up. Um, yes, I agree. Yeah. So five, so then I... Yeah. 5-2, you can do the same thing, but again, you then also have the option of 5-2. But the important point to note is that like it's usually better than silver silver but also there's also usually something else that's also better than silver silver and often that something else is better by more than wedding and debt is yeah i have to really be unimpressed by the three and four dollar cards to spend my three and my four on a wedding in the opening or maybe Uh, be pretty impressed by the six dollar card yes so much more impressed by the expensive ones than the cheaper ones uh, so I think it follows uh, from this, though. Let's say I don't have the 4-3. Let's say I have a 3-4. Right. Uh, would you consider getting a wedding on turn two? Yes, but it's much more rare. Yeah, I, I think you're up against a lot here because you're taking on three extra debt going into turn three, and for your trouble, you're going to get a card that makes you money. Right. It's it's a little bit weird because, you know, in some of the other debt cost cards that we've talked about before, like when we talked about Overlord, it's like it's great to get it right before a shuffle because you get the benefit right now and you get to pay mm. for it later. But because with wedding, the main benefit is it makes you more money, you pay for it sooner, actually, because <laughs> um, it costs yeah. – you're paying seven instead of three, right? Um, so I think – Yeah, and – I think on a board – which has literally no kingdom cards and it's just wedding and nothing on a three, four silver wedding is better than silver, silver, but Mm. almost anything is going to make me feel that that's not true. Uh, Yeah. I think I tend to agree here. And and that's actually something that we addressed on the overlord episode as well. When we're looking for reasons to get an overlord on turn two, uh, just something that makes you money is not usually compelling enough to go into all that debt right of course wedding is less debt than overlord but still i think the same principle holds in spite of the fact that oh it's the bottom of my shuffle i should be getting debt cards now which is a general principle but you know obviously look at the situation you're in and see what good it's actually doing you right so there's uh there's a few more edge cases that i want to cover on wedding before we move on to skulk if you're if you're ready to move on you to edge love cases. edge cases don't I do. you i love edge let's cases. let's hear it okay so yeah, wedding is also better than you know your opportunities of silver or gold or sometimes dutchy or whatever um with cards like swamp hag because it's an event and it doesn't give you a curse when you buy hard wedding. counter 
uh, with cards like Hermit Madman because it's an event and it doesn't count as buying a card. Boom! Uh, with cards like Mission because it's an event and it doesn't count as buying a card. You might notice the theme here. Nice! Yeah. Um, I think there's a couple other ones that I'm... For- oh, Embargo. If they embargo the gold or the silver, you can still get a wedding. Uh-huh. Um Yeah. Uh, contraband. You can't get it contrabanded. Oh. It's an event. Boom. Contraband. This was the buff it needed. Um, yeah. So those are some things which make weddings slightly better in a way which is usually not very relevant. And sometimes mission. It's nice to be able to do something, but whatever. We did it, guys. We we did it. We didn't build I've, I provided vocal... I've provided vocal punctuation for every single one of those. I just want you to, to fully appreciate that. Skulk douche. Skulk douche. Yeah, so, yeah, you want to uh, move on to the old Skulkaroni? Yeah. Um, cool. So, obviously, the most important part of Skulk is that it has three types for courtier. Um, yep. Don't forget that Doom is a type for, you know, just mostly for yeah. reminder purposes, but it has a functional difference because of, of courtier. Um. No, That's but right. really, and this is the most important thing about the card. Really, it's not. Um, so, Skulk. <laughs> yeah, you know how we were talking bad about wedding in comparison to silver and gold in a lot of cases, but sometimes the point could be really important. Skulk is kind of yeah, similar man. in that it actually hurts your money and your drawability more than the wedding because it's like an extra stop card in your deck. But it has another benefit. Well, actually, two other benefits, which can be really good one sometimes you really need the plus buy um and skulk is there for you man so like if you're trying to draw your deck and do a bunch of stuff and there's no other plus buy skulk can be that um it's pretty bad i think at being your plus buy because it doesn't do <laughs> so much besides that um like when you play it but maybe you want to build some more and you want to increase your money and you also need to get a plus buy and drawing is super, super free, so you can afford adding two cards to your deck. Like, scope can be good in that increasingly rare circumstance. Um, yeah, the other thing is the attack, right? And, Adam, maybe you want to talk about the attack, because I don't like talking about the attack. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Skulk, it does three things for you. The the buy and the gold, you know, you, you've talked about that. Hexing the opponent... Um, so wh- things that hex your opponent, Doom cards. Yeah, uh, it's not really the type of card that like you, you can't build a deck that's weak to being hexed or, or really strong against being hexed unless you have some like blanket defense, like Lighthouse or something. So like y- you can't you right. can't look at your opponent and say, "Oh, I They're know the weakness to their to strategy." Skulk, rah! and then you skulk them, right? So really the way that you can get value out of the attack, if the attack is hexing your opponent, is to just do it a lot. So, you know, any one particular hex may not hurt them or may help them or whatever. But if you play a lot of cards that hex your opponent, it's going to have an overall negative effect. And that's really what you're after if you're trying to attack your opponent with something that gives them hexes. My impression is that the overall negative effect... Maybe my impression is just not like I. I mostly discount the heck. Like it's not that they're nothing, but I mostly discount them. Like I don't count on I'm hexing my opponent. That's going to wear them down enough. It's good for me. 
Like, it's, yeah, I'd rather hex them than not, but it's not, like, a core part of my game plan almost ever. Maybe that's wrong. I mean, I wouldn't say that it should be a core part of your game plan. I'm not sure exactly what you mean by that, but I, I will say that what I mean, I mean if, I, is, if I have I mean the terminal that, space... What I mean by yes. that is, like, I'm not going to change what deck I'm building because, well, this deck won't be good because it'll get hexed too much and so it's going to lose. Like, I, I don't ever find myself sure. doing that. Ever. Uh, yeah, I think I, I wouldn't put it that high. I mean, there are other really weak attacks out there, like Fortune Teller, where I'm not going to... Right. I'm not going to decline to build a good deck because it's weak to fortune teller because that's not really a thing. Yeah. Right. And I, sort of in that respect, sure, I would say Skulk is similar, but also I get in a game and I I want to do good things, and sure. I'm still not considering getting a fortune teller to attack my opponent because that's just not great. Right. But I I am considering getting a Skulk to attack my opponent because I think the effect of that huh. is something that can tip the scales in my favor in a, in a way that doesn't mean nothing. Okay. Now, granted that's not that, that does come at a cost, right? If I'm going to go through the trouble of getting this skulk spending four on a card that I don't really want to buy and maybe the gold isn't super great for me, then yeah, don't do it. But like, if this is something that remotely fits in your strategy, if those other two benefits, if those other two pieces of payload are going to be doing something for you that isn't totally awful, then yes, now I have the skulk and I want to play it. And I want to play it as much as I can to maximize that effect. See, because the way I view skulk is basically it's a gold and a blank card and it costs four. Or it's also it gives me plus buy if I'm kind of hard up for that. Um, and yeah, sure, and I like, think those are. I will. I think I, the plus buy is certainly more impactful. It's it's not that I think that the attack is worth nothing, but it doesn't generally enter the calculations in my mind of like how good a particular deck or other is. Like, yes, obviously it should to some extent, but I think it's like it's so small, and and to me it's down to. I can never hit them, or I can never be sure enough of hitting them with the right hex at the right time, or the hex that's bad for them, that I know that it's going to be worth it to do, if that makes sense. Um, I mean, if you're going into this thinking that in order for the hexes to be worth it, I need to really nail them with one particular hex at just the right time, I think you're always going to be disappointed with what the hexes do. So I think maybe yes. this is a little expectation management. Well, I'm saying, I'm if saying that makes sense. I never have that expectation. I never expect you that it's going to do that. Don't have that expectation. I never Please expect don't. that it's going to do that because that just doesn't seem like realistic. Yeah, um, that's that's not really what I think hexes. That's not really I think how you gain an advantage with hexes anyway. That's not what it looks like in my okay. opinion. I mean. How I feel like I gain an advantage with hexes is I randomly roll into one which nails them, or I randomly get one rolled against me which nails me super bad, which couldn't be controlled, and it feels terrible, and it's the worst mechanic ever, hashtag blame Jake, even though actually he really always hates the mechanic. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, these are certainly the things you remember. Uh, I'm I'm going to maybe claim a little bit of confirmation bias here. Oh, that's probably true. No, I mean... 
I, I mostly I view the hexes as like, yes, it, it's worse to get hexed than not, but I they don't substantially change the evaluation of any of the cards that hex on them, to my mind. Hmm. Except short. Uh, which short sure. if ahead. if the skulk. If the skulks buy and the gold is not something that you want, then yeah, I'm not going to get the card just for hexing. Uh, and so I, I think we're we're finding some agreement there. I, anyway. I mean, when you when you look at it, skulk is a card that is a huge investment in your payload. Right. All three things it does: the buy, the gold, the hexing. Yeah. These are all payload things. Right. And but you do have to put two cards in your deck, which is a, and you have to draw those cards deck and play those cost. cards. And that's hard to do, especially because yeah. you need to, to have an action to play your skulk. And uh, you know you have to you have to draw all this stuff. That, that's hard. So if you have a lot of deck control, then yeah, Skulk is at its best there. When I want to just shove a bunch of payload in the deck for four dollars, I'm getting three money a turn and a buy, and I also get to attack my opponent. So that's a pretty good value. Maybe, um, <laughs> but it, like it the assumption the though is to, really if, narrow. If 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 that was over one card, that'd be a great value. But it's over two cards, right? Um, sure, and the assumption was that that isn't a huge deal, and right. of course, uh, yeah, drawing two cards deal. is a it's a big deal, yeah, yeah. Um, so like, it's it's actually I value the the attack so low that like a lot of times when I'm thinking about putting a skulk in my deck, I don't even really worry about my terminal space because like I'm like, well, if it collides, I just won't play the skulk. And I wasn't really counting on it anyway. Uh, yeah. Unless I really needed the plus buy, in which case, like, <laughs> I'm buying a ruined market, but it's better than a ruined market. So, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and that uh, sounds reasonable to me. So I, I, I effectively have more terminals because I'm not counting on playing the Skulk every time it comes up. But um, uh, there, sure. are, there are a couple things. So, one, I think the comparison to Silver is super relevant for Skulk. Um, mm. Oh, yeah. Money density-wise, the Silver is almost always better um i mean it it, it is better unless your deck unless is your deck has less than really bad density per card in which point the skulk is better. <laughs> yeah uh as an opener because it makes your shuffle a little bit bigger um it actually reduces your chance to hit five but it increases yeah. your chance to hit five twice and it significantly increases your chance to hit six a little bit a little bit significant um, it's not a huge deal compared to Silver Silver right out of the opening, and like I'm sure Big Money Skulk beats Big Money without Skulk because the the hexes are enough oh. over time. I'm um, not actually sure of that. I would think it's pretty close. I'm pretty sure that that's going to be the case, especially because in straight money, the price point five is not important, um, which is unrealistic mm. to most games, but helps out skulk because that's anyway it doesn't really matter um point being <laughs> you're right in that it doesn't matter the point being like it's usually a really pretty bad opener because just the two cards making your shuffles go slower is usually a big deal um but the biggest the biggest plus that i find for skulk um well the biggest plus is if it's the only plus buy and you know ruined market is something you're happy with. I feel like we haven't said that enough. But um but <laughs> other than that, which is like kind of obvious, like you'll know, I really wish there was a plus buy on this board. Oh hey, there is. Like you'll you'll know that, right? 
Um, yeah, man. Other than that, the biggest plus that I find, which is maybe not quite as intuitive, is when there's uh, trashing and especially trash for benefit. Um, so even with just trashing, Skulk can kind of be a cheap gold uh, if you can just like trash the Skulk. And it's like a cheap gold, right? Um, yeah. But especially with trash for benefit, it gives you two cards. The total value of those cards are 10. So if I'm playing with like Apprentice... Um, and I have, I'm not just like doing this out of the opening again, but you know, I've gotten a couple of apprentices or whatever. Now I start to buy skulks. I can trash the skulk to my apprentice, draw four cards, and I've gotten this cheap gold. It's like win-win, right? So the trash for benefit cards that care about the cost of the card are the best thing for skulk in, that I found in my experience. Uh, yeah. Did you know that you can remodel a gold into a province? Yeah, and did you know that you can remodel a skulk into another gold? Which you can then remodel, remodel into, into a, a province. province. Hashtag turbo remodel. That's so ill. <laughs> That's like the illest thing. Right, and you want to get the, yeah. the remodel before you get the skulk. Because usually... Probably, yeah. That seems seems better. Because you can remodel an estate. Say into the skulk. Into a skulk! Hashtag the combination. Oh man, that's so combination. good. Combination. I need to I need to change my pants after that one. Uh-huh. So yeah, all of this is is pretty hard on the payload side of things, and I think you know you we considered opening skulk. I, I think we landed on this is not super great, right? Yeah, I've done it a couple times, but it's super rare. It's it's yeah. like opening a village. There are some edge cases where the village gives you enough benefit or whatever, but like usually you don't do it. Yeah, and that makes sense with the the general flow of a game of Dominion, right? Right. In the opening, I really care a lot about my deck control. So why am I going to get a card that's just so far on the other end of the spectrum? Right. Because, like we've been saying, Skulk is really good. It's all payload. It's really bad for your deck control because it's two stock cards. Yeah. That's like 55 stock cards. It's like yeah. twice as many as buying a curse. <laughs> yeah. And you hashtag, don't see me opening curses, right? Hashtag Skulk equals purple. Hashtag Skulk actually has a fair amount of purple on the art of the card. Hashtag art matters. Hashtag yeah. don't ignore theme. That's right. I, I was actually going to take that hashtag train about where you took it. Um, but I think well that, done, Wandering Winter. That's about all I have to say about Skulk. Yep. I got nothing else on Skulk. How about we uh, shove both these cards in a kingdom and then yak about it for a little bit? Smells good. All right, I'll read you some cards. So we have City Quarter, Poor House, Candlestick Maker, Encampment with Plunder, Amulet, Watchtower, Skulk, Taxman, Recruiter, Recruiter, Replaced, Wedding, and Fleet. One more time for our audio-only listeners. City Quarter, Poor House, Candlestick Maker, Encampment with Plunder, Amulet, Watchtower, Skulk, Taxman, Recruiter, Replace, and we have Wedding and Fleet. So uh, all of the uh, all the boxes are checked here. I can do some really cool stuff here. Yeah. So um, Encampment Plunder seems important. Like, because uh, it's good. I yeah, think. I'm looking at 
I'm looking at villages and draw, and encampment with plunder is a very good source of it, and also uh, city quarter along with city quarter. Yeah, yeah. So, so both of those, uh, you know, I'm going to be using those for my main sources of draw. But man, encampment costs two, and that's well, not nearly as much as city quarter. Technically, yeah, and I guess technically you could also get draw from recruiter giving you villagers, and then watchtower drawing you cards after you play other stuff. But... Okay, so recruiter is not draw. No, no, no. But with uh, watchtower, so watchtower is the draw here. However, with, um, with recruiter watchtower to give you the actions, is... so like together. Okay, draw. with so city quarter can do that too. So watchtower right, is no. the the real source of draw here. And if we're going to be using watchtower sure. for draw, we're playing a draw to X deck. Draw to X decks right. are usually pretty good, bad, so but no. like yeah, I don't want to play it. You, you could do it like you could do something with recruiter and watchtower and you've thinned down a bit with like amulet and then you replace some stuff and then that makes the watchtower better um i don't yeah man really feeling it but i might get a watchtower or two at some point like i don't think it's gonna be the backbone of my deck but i might i might get one maybe uh, okay also I mean, if i have I'm a watchtower in hand i can buy a skulk and trash it immediately, and then get the gold, and it really is a cheap gold. Yeah, but but weddings right there. Don't you want that delicious, delicious VP token? Debt? Oh, yeah, it's so delicious. Jake would tell you exactly how delicious it is. Hashtag blame Jake. Um, so delicious. So poor house seems pretty bad here. I think. <laughs> Although, yeah, like, you could really thin down and then play a deck with like city quarter and a few poor houses and like a candlestick maker or two and that could make a lot of money i don't really believe in it but it's not like the craziest thing tax man it doesn't sound bad. super nuts uh, uh yeah i don't i don't think so i don't think i want that i i think uh, in the beginning of the game i yeah. want to open with at least one amulet and i'm strongly considering a double amulet opening i think on 5-2, I'm going to go Recruiter Encampment. On 2-5, uh, I'm going to yeah. go Encampment Recruiter. On 3-4, I probably go Double Amulet. I I think I would open Replace. On 5-2 or 2-5? Yeah, I think I would open with Replace. Oh, I really think I would get Recruiter over Replace. I mean, to open? Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah, absolutely. What's uh, what's that recruiter going to do for you? Replaces doing more for you on opening shuffle. You're not going to spend those villagers for a minute. It's going to cycle me through my deck to get back to itself faster as I'm thinning. So, I mean, replace can gain you cards that can help you to that purpose and, and you want in your deck. Kind of? Like you're, you're replacing your estates and the encampments? Which will then go away. I mean, you you top deck that. I mean, I can. Uh, I was thinking replace yeah, like an estate like, and into I, an amulet that goes oh, on top. That's okay. pretty good. Okay. Like, yeah, I could see that maybe, maybe. Your I, I really sure I prefer a replace opening on five two. Okay, huh? I don't, but okay. Um, I, I didn't catch like, what you said. Can you repeat that? Sorry. Uh, I I don't. I'm not going to. I'm going to get a recruiter, but I understand. Okay. I think okay. so. I think the issue Continue. is like the replace the recruiter right away. The villagers aren't going to do a lot for me, but it 
makes the recruiter itself kind of effectively non-terminal. Um, whereas the replace, I'm still going to want to get like a couple amulets, and now I have three terminals and no villagers. And okay, so I, I mean, at some Batman. point, I'm probably going to want some kind of village in my deck. And right. if I'm running short on terminal space, which seems like, that, I mean, that's, that's a decent shot of happening. Then, yeah, I'm going to pick up a recruiter. I, I was speaking in terms of a 5-2 opening. I think sure, the replace no, is sure. a better opener in that case. I think I probably get, like, a recruiter at some point because just having some villagers around has a lot of utility. Yeah, no, I understand. Uh, especially I, early on. I still think I would get the recruiter first so I don't have to worry about that. And, like, I like drawing two cards. Um, even if I and and I think better. early on in the game, there's a good chance that if I didn't open five two, that I will find myself in a situation where my first fiver is a recruiter. I'm just gonna say that that's a real possibility. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm not actually I'm not sure about double amulet because the thing is I want to hit five and double amulet. Like I want to hit five yeah. and I want my recruiters to trash estates, and double amulet is not good for that because. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so warm on the second amulet. Like, I'm pretty sure I want to open with one of them if I have three, four. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not really sold on the second one. Um, so like, on on four three, I would really think about wedding. I'm not even kidding. Well, you want to get a recruiter in your deck asap. That's uh, something you can do. Um, Is that what you're aiming for to get a recruiter asap? Yeah, my so my idea with opening on a 4-3 with opening with wedding would be going wedding debt, and then on my next shuffle, what I'm going to hope to get is recruiter amulet. That seems like you got a pretty good like shot at that happening. majority of the time, right? Um, yeah. So, like, I think that's my plan. And then probably get a second amulet to help clean up the rest of my estates. And then I'm going to want to get some encampments and probably another goal to try to keep the encampments around and then go into plunders. And that's... Man, like... I I feel like opening amulets just got to be a lot stronger than that. There's so many things you can do on your uh, low money turns. Like, you can just put some encampments in the deck. Uh, you can pick up a skulk or a wedding on a $4 hand to, like, easily get a gold, have a shot at keeping encampments in your deck on some pretty short notice. Like... I, I just don't think spiking a five super early on for a card that doesn't even like to trash card. I'm just not, I'm not warm on that. I'm warm on it. So I guess we'll find out when we play this kingdom. Um, I, would I eventually get replace? Yeah, I, I, I certainly think Probably. it's part of your payload. When you're I'm not easily sure. gaining goals. You have the skulk and replace synergy. It also attacks. I'm not, I, I think it's, I'm not thinking that far ahead necessarily, so I don't know. Um, I'm probably getting a watchtower at some point. I probably am getting some skulks because I'm going to want to feed some stuff, and at some point I might want plus buy. I will probably end up getting fleet at some moment. Fleet's uh, fleet's a good proj. And, uh, oh, this is another situation where wedding can be really good. If you have four money and the game is over, uh, it's worth a point. And um, Boom. it's not really better than a state then, unless the estates are out. So, yeah. <laughs> Which might happen because of replace. Or because, if there's uh, some you incentive can replace. to have a gold instead of an estate. Because, like, there's palace on the board? Or keep, or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sweet. Nice. Hashtag, thanks for listening <laughs> to the end. 
yeah. Uh, so, 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 yeah. Uh, I think that's about all I have to say about, about this uh, kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, so I want to thank you again, Wandering Winter, for being a mega bro. And I want to thank uh, you again, Adam Horton, for being a mega bro. Oh well, I'm, I do what I can. Uh, I, I uh, just want to remind you, uh, the listener, uh, we're looking for questions to answer. Uh, these questions can be about anything, uh, somewhat Dominion related, even if tangentially, even if tangentially related, Dominion is preferred. But uh, you can give us those questions any way that you would normally able to normally be able to get in contact with us. So you can, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can leave a comment in the comment section. Uh, we'd love to hear you about to hear from you about really anything, but uh, you know the questions, of course. Or you can head on over to adamhorton.com. There's a forum there. You can leave your questions there. Or there are links to all of the places where you can get in contact with us. Uh, Jake and I have contact information there. Or you can go to the Discord server, and we're happy to to take your question. uh, Discord server. We're happy to take your questions there. Um, Hopefully, you're going to enjoy the first episode. And, uh, you know, if that me plugging it doesn't inspire you then that will uh and the question and answer episode can be a somewhat regular occurrence on the show uh, if all goes well and if it's terrible then we won't do it anymore yeah i reserve the right to not answer any question i don't want to answer and i especially reserve the right to give one word answers yeah i mean i i feel like the format is in flux and I feel like, uh, you know, all three of the, the regular hosts that you've heard on the show will have opportunities to answer whatever questions they feel uh, they should be able to answer. And, right. you know, we'll do some editing magic to make sure all that happens. Yeah. But uh, as always, with that episode and with all the episodes we do, we want to hear your feedback. We enjoy when uh, you do give us some feedback because we can tailor the content to what you want. Hopefully the Q&A is, uh, is a more direct manifestation of that. But, you know, if you like this episode or if you hated it, uh, sure, we'd love to hear about that, too. And the kingdom. What would you do? Who do you think is right? How wrong is Wandering Winder? And is Jake wrong in whatever he's going to say next episode? Jake is definitely wrong in what he said that we're retroactively going to splice in after we publish this episode, except we're not going to do that. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, he's wrong uh, anyway. Yeah, but <laughs> that's, that's right. You Hashtag tell Jake is wrong. Uh, um, <laughs> Hashtag blame Jake. Jake. Ah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Feels good. Something again now, Adam. Something again now, Adam. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I can hear that. Something again now, Adam. Me too. Yeah. Something again now, Adam. (laughs) Yeah. Something again now, Adam. Say something. Yeah. Say something again now. Something. Adam. Something again yeah. now, Adam. <laughs> something again now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Something again now, Adam.